Welcome to the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast, where we are turning your dream of writing a book into your reality. On this show, you'll learn how to write, publish, and launch a nonfiction book from the most elite professionals and entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm your host, Jake Kelfer, four-time bestselling author and founder of the Big Idea to Bestseller program, and I'm here to reveal the secrets of what it takes to write an incredible book to grow your business, become the go-to expert, and change the world. So whether you want more credibility, you want more coaching clients, you want to start a business, or you simply want to share a powerful message, this podcast was made for you. Let's go! Let's go! Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have a friend and client, Rachel Newman, in the house. And Rachel is the best-selling author of the book, Mom Me, which I'm really excited to talk about the title. I'm really excited to talk about what the book's all about. But let's just get this party started. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jake. I'm excited to be here. Of course. I'm, I'm excited for you to be here as well. So talk to me about this, all right? What is your book and how did your book come to be? So Mom Me is a guide for moms um, to really overcome overwhelm, figure out how to prioritize themselves and really start enjoying motherhood. And this all came to be from a couple of conversations that I had with some close friends who were also um, struggling with mothering toddlers and figuring out their own identity after having kids and just trying to find ways to make it more enjoyable. Um, and I was like, Hey, I've got tips and tricks for this. And they're like, you should write a book. I said, all right, let's do that. And here we are several months later. Yeah. So when that, when they started saying you should write a book, was your first thought like, okay, cool. I'll write a book. Or was it like, holy shit, that's not me who like, like, were you, how did you react to that initial thing? Because everybody responds differently to that initial, you should write a book comment. So I've always kind of thought in the back of my mind that maybe I would write a book. This is definitely not the genre that I thought I would write in. I mean, I have a literature degree. I mean, it's a German literature degree, but it's still a literature degree. So I was like, all right, the, the idea of writing wasn't daunting. It was more the, I never thought I would be in a position where I could help moms because I'm mm -hmm. still in the thick of it myself. I never really thought of myself as an expert in the field, but um, after having that conversation with them and I started noticing how often women, especially on Instagram, are coming to me looking for help with certain topic areas that I talk about, I was like, okay, there's something to this. I should explore it a little bit more. And what were some of those reservations around committing to it, right? Because like you said, you, you had the experience the writing wasn't daunting but the idea that you could actually help people was a little bit daunting so what were those those reservations or hesitations that w were stopping you even though people were already asking you hey i need your help what was that that hesitation around so i think a lot of it is when you're still in the thick of it and certain days like yes mothering is just kind of this up and down roller coaster ride of sometimes I'm riding that high and I feel like I have everything under control. And some days I'm in that valley where I'm like, all shits hit the fan. And how can I help somebody when I'm still trying to figure this out myself? Um, and then it kind of struck me with our conversations that, you know, this shit is hard and people do need to hear both the positive and the negative side of that and know that they're not alone. So having those conversations and really delving deeper into the fact that women 
need to be seen and heard and feel supported and encouraged more so in the hard parts than in the good parts. That kind of pushed me over the edge where I was like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah. And one of the things that I I love about what you just said and, and what you did throughout this process is you were very clear that like you're still experiencing it. Sure. You figured out what's worked for you, but in parenting, now I'm not a parent yet, but I hope to be, you can have as much as you think dialed in, but every day is going to be different. Right. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, but what you did was with this book is you didn't allow the unknown or what's to come prevent you from helping with what you do know today. And I think that that is something that I really respected about you through this process and something that I, I encourage everyone who's listening to see what Rachel did is you don't have to have all the answers. You might never have all the answers, but if you know enough to help somebody else, you have enough answers to be able to write a great book that could really impact people. And that's, that's exactly what you did. Now, I want to really understand this. Okay. Again, my biggest dream, okay, is to be a parent. Like that's like, when I think of winning the game of life, like I think of like, I have my partner now we're getting married and then like it's starting a family like that's one of the greatest joys that that i foresee in my future like that's why i work so hard and i'm curious for you because you know motherhood as you mentioned it's not always easy right so do you think that like in a world that doesn't love to talk about the intricacies of finance and personal finance in a world that doesn't really talk about, you know, relationship issues publicly, right? These are all closed doors conversations, but everybody wants to look inside to feel that they're not alone or to normalize it. Do you think that people and moms should be expressing their challenges and their concerns with other moms or dads and parents or whomever guardians? Is that something that people can be talking about? And if so, like, how do you do it in a way that doesn't create judgment and doesn't like, really freak people out. So I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that is, it's a hot topic right now, especially with our generation of parents. Um, And it has been a closed door conversation for so long. And I think that is why this generation has struggled so much with motherhood and um, or parenting in general and maintaining that identity outside of just being quote unquote a mom Um, because we were always taught and encouraged to go after your dreams. You can be a teacher, you can be a businesswoman, you can do all these things, but oh wait, and then go have children. And then you're expected to drop everything and stay home. And I don't believe that people are buying into that anymore. I think that Yes, you can be a parent and yes, you can have an identity outside of that. And I think having the conversations about the challenges of balancing all of that is a necessary topic. And the way I like to go about that is showing both sides of it. Like, yes, there are some moments that are incredibly challenging um, and I will air some of that, but it is doing it in a way that is trying to be constructive and showing others that there is a way through this and not just complaining to complain. Like, yes, I have three toddlers. It's very hard, but it's also very rewarding. And there are ways that I can make it less challenging by being present and intentional with my time and my words and my actions. And I think that is something that, I mean, I I hope that's what people take from this is that, yes, there are challenges. We need to talk about them because we need to present both sides of it to make people a little bit more aware of what they're getting into. And that at the end of the day, it is still something that's worth it. It's rewarding. And it is the best thing that you're going to do. Mm, mm. I love, I love what you're saying here. What, you know, you have three toddlers. Like 
you know, people tell me all the time, I don't have enough time to write this book. Like I gotta guess time is not something that you have a surplus of on a regular <laughs> basis, right? With, with three toddlers at home, you're working, you're, you're doing all these things. What made you believe that you could write a book even in the midst of all of these and not just write a book, but write the book, go through the process and launch the book successfully. What made you believe that you could do it? So there's a couple of things that go into that. And one, I mean, Craig likes, my husband likes to take a backseat to everything, but honestly, I would not have been able to do this without him and coming together and making that recognition, recognition that this is a priority we are putting it on the schedule. This is something that I'm going to do. And having his partnership in taking over some of the roles with parenting um, while I was sitting down and writing. Um, the other thing too, I have always done, well, once I figured out how to do this, I have continuously done this. Um, I always wake up about two hours before my children are awake at bare minimum 30 minutes before they're awake. Um, and that's when I do my brain work. So I made myself the writing date. This is when I am writing first thing in the morning. Um, so that way my time would be knocked out and it is, it's just making it a priority and some of the other things need to shift. Right. So I also love having a very clean home, but there are certain seasons where outsourcing or maybe adjusting your expectations a little bit to match the season you're in is a way to achieve all of those things. Wow. How, how do you do that? that last part, all of that. How do you do that? Because it's very hard for a lot of people that are very routine oriented or people that have routines that they may not even like, right? Like there's, there's the good and the bad of the routine. And over here, you're kind of talking about that season, that, that changing of expectations. I find that to be a really difficult thing, like kind of for me personally, just in my life, but I know that's a big thing for a lot of other people. So how do you kind of do that in a way that doesn't create a sense of newfound stress or a sense of potentially even resentment towards the other people, whether it's family or others that are like, come on, like, you know, I'm here. Like, what do you do? So like, what are your thoughts there on like being able to change those expectations and understand while still maintaining like a pretty even keel balance of mental capacity and health? So I'm, this is something that I have struggled with too. I am very much an Enneagram one, which means like I have perfectionist tendencies. I crave a clean home. I don't like chaos. Um, but there is also that a recognition that I have three tiny children at home and th there is no such thing as a perfectly clean home anymore. And letting go of that need to have things be perfect. Um, it was a very big struggle, but it was something that I had to do to protect my mental capacity. Like, um, part of that is scheduling what, okay, well, sitting down and looking, what is the most important areas for me to have clean? Um, when do those things need to be clean and how can I delegate these tasks to other people or, uh, like Rosie is our Roomba, Rosie vacuums my floor. Uh, we have a lawn Roomba. So that's taken off the table. How can you use technology to your advantage, outsource, delegate to other people and really play as a team? So I don't do dishes in my home anymore um, unless I absolutely need to. My husband took that over when I was pregnant with the twins and my oldest was still like having milk and things like that. It just curdled my stomach. And from then on, I don't do dishes in our home. 
he doesn't do laundry in our home. So we just switch off who does the tasks. We build it into our schedule um, when it best suits us. And routines are not meant to be like a trap or a got you. If it comes to a point where you're feeling more stress over that, you need to reevaluate what your system is. Um, so for me, my routine has changed in the last years. It's changed in the last month. Um, it changes whether I'm solo parenting or if my husband's home. And that's the kind of thing here too, is like, what is going to be most beneficial for you, for you to feel like you have been taking care of yourself before you're serving other people. So my morning routine, I do some journaling, I move my body, I do all of my hygiene, I do all of that stuff before I wake up the children. Because if I'm not taking care of me, I'm not going to be able to serve them. And then everything else on top of that is just kind of a bonus. So it's really figuring out, you know, what what's your baseline? What is what you need to have done for you to be highest functioning? Yeah. And then playing with it over time to see how you can fluctuate for different seasons. That was a great answer. That, that was I, I like that one, Rachel. I like that one. I was myself and and my fiance. We were starting to you know plan our wedding, and and we were on the phone with the rabbi and the cantor to to talk about you know different things and what's going to come. And there was a term that that they used. The cantor mentioned uh, a term called flexigidity. Yeah. Okay. And and I had never heard that before in my life. And I was as when she said it, I was like, damn. That's good, right? Like, like, cause you have that flexible rigidity, right? For anyone that didn't didn't get the reference there, and <laughs> and I think that it's so so important because I've always been a routine person, right? And I think that when there's evolutions of a routine or evolutions of habits, and I originally was this is my routine. There's non-negotiables. You do it every single day, no matter what. And then I started to recognize, well, what is the purpose of said routine? And if that routine is no longer serving that purpose or bringing me the joy that it's supposed to do to do that, well, maybe there's a flaw in the routine, not the actions that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a permission to start changing my routines based on not changing the habit of showing up, but changing my routine based on the habit of what's necessary to get me the result I wanted. And then now I'm at a point and It'll probably evolve into what you're doing right now. But now I'm at a point where I have a partner and our lives are combining and we're, we're joining forces in so many ways. We're living together. And that's now the next level of like, okay, flexigidity. What was my routine may not be her routine. Mm -hmm. And there's that level of adjustment, that level of uh, positive collaboration, right? And then there's the next phase, which will be when we have kids and learning, okay, you know what? She's got to do this because only she can do that. That means I got to pick up the slack over here or whatever it means. And it's about that adaptable, you know, adjustments and, and going with the flow. So it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I'm noticing as you're talking about it, all the different phases of those routines and of those habits. But was there a turning point for you in this book process where you, was there like a, a, a milestone or a turning point that you were like, okay, I've been showing up, I'm doing it, we're making it happen, your husband's helping out. Was there a turning point where you kind of were like, this is really happening or holy shit, I did it. Like, when was that moment for you that it was like, it's real? So for me, I think it was pretty much right at the very end when I held the physical copy of my book. Um, Cause there's such a long process between 
having completed the rough draft, like I completed the rough draft in about 30 days. So um, because I was like, we're sitting down, we're doing this, getting it knocked out. And then, you know, life can implode later. Um, But then you hand it off to the editor and, and that part where you're handing it off to somebody else and you're out of control is a really, really interesting feeling Um, because you're just so like, this is your precious baby, right? It's your book baby. And now you're out of control. And and then it goes to the editor, the formatter, the cover design, all of these things. But when you physically hold that copy of your book for the first time, it's like, oh shit, I actually did this thing. Like this is real. Somebody is going to physically be able to buy a copy of this now and read my words and it's going to help people. And that's when it really sank in for me that this was like a real thing. Mm, mm. And let's talk about the title. All right. So this was something that I think you did really, really interestingly and something that I'm personally a a big fan of uh, for your book in particular. Now, the book title is Mom Me. Okay. Now, how do you spell it? How did it come to be? And and let's, let's talk through that because there's different types of titles when people are creating books. There's very straightforward titles. There's punny titles. But a lot of it has to do with like, can it be memorable? Can it be memorable? Will people know what it's about? Like, there's a lot of these things. Talk to us a little bit about your title, how it came to be, how you spell it. And so I want to break this down for everyone because you did something really cool with this. Well, thank you. I love it. It took a few days for it to grow on me. This is actually a suggestion from one of my closest friends who's in my circle. Her name's Landon. And I was talking with Landon about it. And I was like, I just can't find something that I really love. Um, And we were playing around with different terms and different concepts because this is about being a mom and also still being yourself, not wife you, not, you know, employee you, but just you in this season of motherhood. So we came up with mom, so spelled like mom, and then me, but it's M-E. So it's mom, me, M-E, shoved together. Um, And the M-E at the end is capitalized because you are the important person in being a mommy, right? Like there's the play on the words a little bit as well. So um, the more I just like sat with it, the more I thought about it and I was like, well, one, it's kind of funny because it's like mommy and everyone shouts mommy at you all the time. Um, But also it's important to remember that you were the person behind the mom. Um, You were you before you became a parent, you will be a you long after your children leave your home and neglecting yourself in service of your family is not something that you should be doing if you want to enjoy motherhood. Um, I think for the first six months we had the twins. Um, So I had three under the age of two at that point. Um, and I was just in service to everyone. I had no idea who I was anymore outside of being teacher me. And, um, at that point in 2020, I was not teaching anymore, surrounded by toddlers. Um, my husband was working all day. It was very isolating. Um, and I kind of lost who I was at that point. So when I finally figured out how to get myself out of that, and this book is also a little bit of a journey of how I got out of that, um, and how I'm still kind of going forward and finding enjoyment, um, in this season it it really brought back me and finding things that brought me back made it easier for me to also parent because I was happy. They were happy. And okay. You know, the phrase like happy wife, happy life. Um, love it, hate it, whatever it is, but really it should be happy mom, happy family. Because if your mom is not going to be taken care of, then she can't take care of everybody else and show up the way that she needs to. Wow. And for you, like, I thought this title was great. 
And so one of the things for anyone that's listening here is if you choose to create like a cool term like this or something, one, it gives you the potential to be very unique. It gives you the potential to be very memorable, right? And I'm sure that's something you're experiencing is people are commenting probably on the title all the time. But what's also really important is if you go with a title that's a little bit more creative or a little bit less quote unquote searchable in the traditional way, you have to have the subtitle be very, very clear and concise. And that's something that you did also really, really well is when we decided that you were going to go with that title, you were like, I was like, let's make sure that that subtitle is really locked in. All right. And so now that you have the title, you had the subtitle, you were like, okay, we're getting closer. And then it became time to start getting ready for the launch. All right. So what, what was the highlight of your launch experience? What were some of the emotions and how did it feel to, to officially launch and start seeing the success? So I struggled a little bit with figuring out where to do my launch party. Um, we had moved from Houston back to Lubbock, Texas, both of these are in Texas, um, at the end of last year. And my community is in Houston. Like the, the primary people who influenced this decision were in Houston. Um, at the time, my, my oldest daughter, uh, her birthday was also at the time of launch. So she was like, mom, I want to go see my friends in Houston. I was like, solid decision made. We're going to Houston. So it was actually a really fun, you know, it, like it was this really cool party, but it was also just like a perfect example of what parenting is with tiny people. So we were, we did our launch party out at, um, a play place that I used to go to with my mom, friends in Houston all the time. There are toddlers everywhere. We're wrangling, we're having half conversations while we're just mixed in with children, all of it. And it was, it was really fun. It was really cool to see how, um, we just kind of all came to the exact same part that started all of this really. Um, and the overwhelming support from my friends, whether that's the twin mom community or other moms on Instagram, like th that was incredible. And I have a whole chapter in the book on Instagram and social media connections, because that's also kind of what we leveraged in 2020 to, you know, feel sane. Um, and they all showed up both online and in person. And it was just very overwhelming. Like I'm still kind of processing all of that. I have another party tomorrow and, um, yeah, it's incredible. Like that, that really made it real. Yeah. And you know, you, you start seeing people get your book and people start to read it and they start sending you these messages. They start talking to you. And there are some people who probably already read the whole thing. There are some people who are just getting into it. The book's really fresh, but what do you, where do you see this going next? And do you believe it's going to be bigger than you initially thought in terms of what's possible now that you have a book? I think it already is bigger than I initially thought it was going to be. Um, I've received several invitations just in the last couple of days to go speak at Moms of Multiples conventions, um, which I'm very excited about. That's something that obviously as a mom of, of multiples, I'm passionate about. Um, so in that regard, like I am very excited about having the ability to serve other moms in this capacity. And you know, I, I really want to establish a community out of this. I found that we have tons of different communities, tons of different coaching for moms on children specific things, right? Like how to teach your child to use the potty, how to, you know, swaddle them, all of these different things. But there are very few communities and courses and things that focus on moms and how to support moms in mothering and how to ensure that they're learning the skill sets and strategies to communicate effectively with the people around them, to prioritize themselves, to really 
figure out a routine that works for them that is not solely child focused. Um, so I really want to create that. I'm in the process of putting that together, um, establishing the community where moms can get together to support mm-hmm. each other and being a mom me. And as you put that together, make sure to talk about it, make sure to share it with us because we want we want to continue to support you. And you know, as we kind of start to wrap up here, if there's anybody that is thinking about writing a book, they've been told, hey, you should write a book, or they've been thinking about it, they've had an inkling that they want to be an author someday, but they're hesitant. They're like, I don't have enough time. I'm not sure if I can commit to it. What what would you tell them? Because like we talked about, you did this with three toddlers, uh, working, busy, still present with your family, still taking care of you as a mom. Uh, how, like, what would you tell anybody who's listening uh, who might be thinking about writing a book? First and foremost is, is it a priority in this season? There are going to be seasons that lean themselves towards doing something of this nature that is very brain focused and you need time to dedicate to it. If it's not this season yet, like if it's not a hell yes, then it's a wait. And that doesn't mean never. That just means that your pace is a little bit different. And that's okay because your message is still important. You're still going to get it out there. Um, But I would also say like, if you're just on the fence and you're like, well, I could devote the time to it, but I don't know. I'm scared of judgment or scared that no one's going to like my message. If it's something like that, just know your worth. You are worthy of sharing your story. There's somebody out there that needs to hear that and focus who is going to be on the receiving end of that message. And just remember the longer that you sit there and wait, the longer that somebody who needs your message is not receiving it. So there's two sides to that coin. One is it's not a good season. Wait, if it is a a brain telling you maybe, you know, there's some fears up here, get out of your own dang way and do it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, how do we follow you? How do we support you? How do we become part of your community and keep updates for everything you're building? My favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. Definitely come over there and follow me. It's the Rachel Newman. Um, and then my website is also the Rachel Newman. There's plenty of information over there on um, the book, the community, all of the updates are going to be there. And um, I'm hoping it will, it will be out by the end of 2023 where you can join the community. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I knew I would. You're always a great time, great energy person. So thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for creating a program that allows us to get this done. Of course, of course. Well, if you enjoyed this conversation with Rachel, make sure to go check out her book, Mom Me. Make sure to join her community, uh, especially if you are a mom. I mean, I can't think of someone better to help you navigate this journey uh, through motherhood and have open and honest dialogue and conversation. So make sure to check her out, connect with her. This is what it's all about. You listen to a podcast, you learn something new tactical, tactically, but you also find somebody new that you might become great friends with. And I think that there's a lot of moms that are listening to this right now that will find that in you, Rachel. So again, if you enjoyed this, make sure to reach out to Rachel and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're ready to get started writing your dream book to grow your business and make an impact, then go ahead and go to bigidea2bestseller.com 
That's www.bigidea2bestseller.com. You can get some free resources. You can grab a free copy of my book, Big Idea 2 Bestseller. And you can check out everything that we have to help you get started absolutely for free. Together, we're changing the world one book at a time. I'll see you on the next one. Let's go!